Read a verse found in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And start at verse 12, 12 to 14. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I want to couple that with a verse found in Ezekiel chapter 47. This is Ezekiel's vision of the holy waters. And in verse 3, And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. We're glad we have a gospel that is alive, that is living, that we can follow. But this word follow means more than just following somebody. Certainly we want to follow God, and if uh, we truly are a child of God, He has given us His Spirit in our hearts, changed us, changed our motives, our perspectives, our direction, our interests. He's done that, and if we will yield to the leading of His Spirit, He will guide us in a plain path. And we're glad that we have a gospel that operates like that. It's not just a belief system. It's not a set of rules and guidelines and regulations. It's a living way. A living way. And Jesus himself opened that way. The Son of God opened that way for us. And so we can follow the precious Holy Spirit who will guide us into all truth, Jesus said. That was why it was so expedient for him to go away so he could send the Comforter. And the Holy Spirit would be sent not only to lead us uh, and to guide us, but to live within us and direct us in a plain path and direct us into the deeper things of God as well. That, that word lead or led rather, I guess it, it would, we would expect that even a sinner, I suppose, if you were going to follow uh, the, a leader of your religion, it would be expected that you would try to emulate him. But it's more than that. This, this word led is translated most often in the New Testament as brought. And the meaning in the original is to induce, to take hold of, and bring. That word is used as brought. When Jesus told his disciples to go find uh, the donkey that he was to ride into Jerusalem on on that day before he was crucified, that word is translated brought. Well, we understand that, but it brings a different meaning when we're talking about being led by the Spirit of God, we're not just following, but we are giving Him a chance to induce us to the point of action. We are giving Him an opportunity to affect our hearts in such a way that we have to act. We are giving Him a chance to take a hold of us and bring us along. We're not just following from a distance. We're not just following somebody out there. There are a good many people that may be doing that. They want to follow, and they might say they're following, but they don't really want to be led. There's a difference. But here the, the, the message is, and the meaning is, that we have been induced by God. We are following the influence of His Spirit as the Holy Spirit works in our life. And He takes a hold of us, and He leads us. We are not following a blind path. We're not following a maybe. We're not following a hope so. But we have assurance in our heart given to us by the Holy Spirit. 
We know who we are. We know where we stand. We know what God thinks of us, and that's important. And he'll tell us. We are not only led by the Spirit of God. We are controlled by the Spirit of God. We are induced by the Spirit of God. That would imply yielding, wouldn't it? If we were going to allow the Lord to take us by the hand, as it were, and to lead us where he wants us to go. Sometimes we might have something to say about that. I don't want to go over there. Or I want to stop right here. This is a good place to stop. And the Lord may say, that's not good for you. We're going to keep going. And we may say, I don't want to stop there. That's too difficult. But the Lord may say, you have something to learn. But we are yielding to him. He takes a hold of us and he leads us. We're not just following. He has a hold of us and he's leading us into the deeper things of God. We thank God it's a living gospel and he will lead us right. We never have to wonder. We never have to question. Sometimes questions arise, no doubt about that. It's a trial of our faith, which is good for us. It's good for us to have to believe God when nothing else makes sense, when there's nothing else to support our faith, nothing else to support logic. Yet when we pray and we draw the closer to God, we find God's Spirit there witnessing to our soul. Just trust me. Yield to me. I will lead you. We thank God for that. A living gospel. The, the, the vision that Ezekiel saw of the holy waters was a, a wonderful vision indeed. And we see that uh, Ezekiel was led by the man with the line in his hand. The Lord could have dropped him there to see that vision just as he did 10 chapters earlier in Ezekiel 37. The Spirit of the Lord carried him and dropped him in the valley full of dry bones. But here we find the man leading him. What did he show him? He showed him where those holy waters were coming from. He showed him the throne. And then he showed him where they were going. And then he stood on the bank and he began to lead him out. I doubt Ezekiel would have had any desire to go out into the waters. He wouldn't have known why. He wouldn't have known what was there, but he was being led a thousand cubits at a time. There was a purpose for this. And Ezekiel was being brought out into the deeper waters. This this vision is indeed a vision of the gospel and the depths of the gospel and the power of the gospel as it reaches out to a lost world. Verses 7 through 12 are are a clear picture of the living waters reaching out around the world and everywhere that the living waters would touch would live. But the first six verses is just Ezekiel. There's no mention of the trees on the bank. There's no mention uh, of anywhere else it was going. It's just a river flowing and it's Ezekiel and the man in his hand. And that's a call to us. God calls us out to deeper water. Deeper water is where we belong. Deeper, deeper water is where we want to be. Deeper water is where our soul will thrive. That's where we belong. The gospel is a serious business. It is. You can't take it flippantly. You can't take it with levity, haphazardly. You can't uh, take it with compromise. It stands on its own. And we're either going to line up to the gospel or we need to get out of the way of it. But we can't have it how we want it. We can't manipulate it to suit our needs. We can't manipulate the gospel to suit our own perspectives. We can't manipulate the word to suit what we want it to say. It says what it says, and we need to line up to it. And we yield to it. And God leads us out into deeper water as we do that. The gospel stands on its own, and we it falls on us to be in line with it. There's no discounted rate. There's no frequent flyer program to get an easier, uh, an easier way into the blessings of God. We don't get favor with God because of who we know, who our friends are, or who we think admires us, or who we're related to. None of that matters. 
It's just us on the bank. And the Lord compels us to go out into deeper water. He calls us, will you let me lead you? Will you let me take you by the hand and lead you into the deeper things of God? There were things that Ezekiel could not see from the bank. There are places that God will take us that only he can take us. But we have to allow him to. We have to yield. We have to trust him. And we have to set our heart to have a purpose to draw closer to him. That means something. It means something to do that, especially in this day when it seems that nobody really cares about anything, but the gospel is just alive as it's ever been. And we will have to pay the full price, and that's the way we want it. We wouldn't want a discounted gospel if we could get it. We want the real thing that will produce the real results. We read in uh, Hebrews that the elders and the heroes of faith, as it were, obtained a good report through faith. Well, we won't get by with any less. The same thing will be required of us. We're going to have to be yielded all the way. We're going to have to be willing to pay every price to get out into the deeper water where God wants us to be. It's no good around the edges. It's no good in the shallows. You'll find deeper things in the deep water. You'll find new things in the deeper water. The things that God wants you to have. The thing God wants to teach you. The the victory that God wants to give you. This world needs to see that. This world needs Christians that are in deep water, that that understand the depths of God's love, that understand uh, the power of the gospel, that are not afraid to share it, not afraid to stand, and the love of God flows through them. They're not angry at the sinner. They're not frustrated at the sinner. They don't point their finger at the sinner. They weep for the sinner. You're going to have to get out into deep water if you're going to love the sinner. If you're going to love the one who doesn't love you, that's going to be deep water. You're not going to find that on the bank. You're never going to find that kind of love in your heart in the shallows. It's too easy in the shallows. There's too many things to distract us. Too many voices. The voice that tells you you don't have to take the gospel seriously is a voice you can't afford to listen to. The voice that tells you you don't need to receive your deeper experiences is a voice you can't afford to listen to. The voice that tells you you don't have to spend so much time in prayer. You don't have to make such a focused effort and draw closer to God is a voice you can't afford to listen to. The voice that tells you, I didn't think that God doesn't really mean it. You can't afford that. We can't afford that. We have to keep our focus. In this world, there's so much confusion. There's so much dust in the air. Don't expect to get any encouragement or be propped up by anything you see in the world. And don't let that be your gauge. The Lord will lead you out into deeper water. And uh, what we read in God's Word, what He requires is only what His Spirit produces in our lives. He is not requiring of us anything that He will not produce in our lives. If it's up to us, we're in trouble. We ought to be discouraged. We ought to be forlorn because we can't do it. But if we will let God lead us out into the deep water, we will be surprised to find that you can indeed love the one who doesn't love you with the love of Christ. That's possible. And what a victory that is. But that's going to be deeper water. We read in Psalms, Proverbs rather, the first chapter, verse 22, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. There are times when we're waiting on God. That's true. When we've done all we know to do, and we are seeking an answer from God, we're seeking help, seeking a deeper experience, whatever it might be, and we have laid our life out there, and now it's a matter of faith. There are times for sure when we're waiting on God to undertake, but there are a good many times when God is waiting for us. God is waiting for you and I. 
here the message is turn from the simplicity. And that word literally means seducible. Are you seducible? There are a good many voices on that bank and in the shallow waters that will call to you, that will seduce you, that will distract you, that will eat up your time, that will eat up all of your effort, eat up your energy, eat up your focus, and will keep you in the shallows. But you can't see what's out there in the deep water. The enemy will tell you you can, but you can't. The Lord has things to show you. The Lord has things to teach all of us. But we have to be willing to yield and be induced and allow the Lord to lead us wherever He will. And our focus has to be single. Our focus has to be a purpose of drawing closer to Him to find the deeper things of God. At youth camp several years ago, I decided I was going to uh, take a boat out fishing. And there was one brother on the bank and he said, going to waste your time out in the water, huh? And I said, we'll see. And I went out there. I found a spot. And I came back a couple hours later. And he said, well, I see you wasted your time. You thought you were going to catch something. And I held up my fish. And all I got out of him was an, oh, wow. They weren't planters. No, these were natives. They were fat and they were healthy. They were nice fish. I found a spot. I looked for it. I searched for it. But I found a spot. And I stayed in that spot. And I had a good time. And I brought back the reward for it. But from the bank, assumptions can be made. He wasn't there with me. He didn't know what was out there. But I knew there was a spot out there. We can think we can see things from the bank. But we can't. The Lord would take us out into deeper water. If we would follow Him. If we would be willing to allow Him to lead us. There's deep water out there for you and I. That He wants us to find. But it falls on us. It falls on us. We just simply have to yield. We just have to get a glimpse. Lord, I want to go out there. I want to go out where the deep water is. I want to go out where the gospel becomes a reality in my heart, where the deeper things of God become a reality in my heart. The Lord will lead you. He will lead you out there. He will be faithful. The gospel is so precious, and it is a serious business. I can't think of anything more serious. Can you? We will answer for what we've done with it. We will answer for what we've done with the gospel and the opportunities we've had. We will answer for how we've handled it. Yes, we will. Every one of us. I I think about that parable uh, of the man with the the one talent he had buried in a napkin. And how his Lord came back and the only excuse he offered was pretty lame. He was afraid of him. And I I wonder if we could really, uh, I realize that was a parable, if you could really look at that story, that account. I wonder if that man, we don't don't know what his purpose was. It might have been that he was indeed afraid of failing. Or it could have been that he didn't have time. It could have been that it wasn't that important. It could have been that he didn't really believe his master was going to come back. Whatever it was, he found himself with an excuse I think he probably wished he didn't have. He found himself uttering words, but there was nothing else to say because he had not done what he had been asked to do, what he had been told to do, and he had opportunity to do it. And we will give an account for the opportunity we have uh, in the gospel that the river of life flows. It's the reality. It's the reality. It's up to, uh, to you and I to make an effort to get into it and then to stay into it. We thank God for a hunger in the gospel. That's precious. That's serious business too. If you have a hunger and a stirring uh, in your heart, you want to guard that. 
You want to fan the flame? Don't let that die out. You want to build on that. I realize it's from God. There's a reason that your heart has been stirred. There's a reason in the back of your mind you're thinking, I had to pray more. That's the Lord telling you that. That's the Lord drawing you. He's inducing you. I have deeper things to show you. I have prayers to answer in your life. There are things to do in your life. But we have to listen to Him. But we have to make that decision. We thank God for a hunger. It's a blessing to be hungry. Isn't it? It is. It's a blessing to be hungry. Because all of a sudden you're, you're sensitive to everything uh, in the Word of God. You're sensitive to your own life. Am I pleasing God? You don't want to mess anything up. Well, when, when we're really hungry for God, we're walking so carefully. We are, we are, uh, so, we're afraid to open our mouths sometimes. We don't want to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. We don't want to mess it up. Why? Because we can tell we're on the right track. I'm going the right way. There's something beginning to build in my heart, and I don't want to lose this. The hunger for God is precious. A hunger for the deeper things of God is precious. It's a treasure. Guard it and build on it. The deeper water is where God wants us to be. The deeper things of God. It's no good around the edges. There's a lot of compromise around the edges. But where God wants to put us is out there where His richest blessings are, where, where the love of God really is, where the victory is. Where higher ground is. This wasn't just a vision that Ezekiel had. It's the reality. God's Word tells us that one day He's going to fold up the heavens and the earth. They're going to be done. They won't be here anymore. This building won't be here anymore. All the things we see, all the things we're involved in, all the things that occupy our time that seem so important, they will cease to exist. Now, what did John see in Revelation 22? He saw the river. He saw the river of living water. He saw the throne. It's the reality. From the beginning of, of time and God's plan, that river has been flowing. And only those who are interested in getting into it, only those who will tell the Lord, I'll leave it all on the bank. Lord, give me out to deeper water. I don't care what I have to leave. I'll leave myself. I'll leave my hobbies. I'll leave my perspectives. I may lose the respect of this person or that person. It doesn't matter. Just get me out to deeper water. That's the reality. The river was still there. The throne was there. The rest of it will disappear. And how many, how many ways can we be seduced so easily to involve our time and, and even mess with our perspective a little bit? But it's the reality. And the river's there. The blessings are for whoever wants it. Sometimes we might have the idea that those who uh, receive their baptism or have uh, seem to walk close to God or whatever it might be that we think, well, they're dispatched from heaven. Now, that's only for a certain special few. No, those people decided they wanted to get out into deeper water. That's what that is. That's what you're seeing. Those people made a decision. That's all it is. Every one of us can be out in deeper water. Every one of us can understand what the fullness of the gospel really is. It's for all of us. It's available to all of us. And you might have a, a group of people, none of them really interested in it, but one soul that decides he wants to get a prayer through, you can get a prayer through. We ought to get a prayer through once in a while. We ought to be able to pray and have a burden on our heart for the souls of men where we can pray and reach heaven once in a while to know that we've touched God. We want the river. We want, we want the deep waters of God. But Jesus said, 
If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He'll give us the river. No limitations. He'll give us the river. That's our possession. That's what the Lord wanted. That was his idea. That's his plan. To give us the river, flowing from within, straight from the throne. The river without end, without limitation. The river of life. It's the life of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God in our life is what we're talking about. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about making time to pray. We're talking about really uh, getting into God's Word and understanding what we're reading and focusing on drawing closer to God. Every one of us has to make that decision. It doesn't come natural to anybody. Nobody falls out of bed closer to God. Nobody automatically gets up in the morning and finds they're a saint. You'll have to make the decision like everybody else. But if you do, you'll find that God will take you by the hand and He will lead you. Those are His waters. He knows how to do it. He knows where to lead you. He knows what you need. He knows the prayers that you need answered in your life. Are you just willing to leave the bank? That's all you have to know. There is a river. You are supposed to be in it. And He wants to lead you out. That's all we need to know. And are you willing for Him to induce your heart to the point of saying, Yes, I'll do it at any price. I will follow you, Lord. Just take me out there. Take me out there. That's what we want. God promises to do that. Don't be as distracted by the things around you. Don't try to draw your cues from things around you. We have to have a vision that is alive. And we're going to have to be focused in order to get there. But God will lead us there if we're willing to leave it all in the bank. God will do it. God will do it tonight. God will encourage tonight. All we have to, to do is be willing. It's all in our will. Are you, are you really willing to get out where God wants you to be? Are you really willing to be out there where you know your soul is supposed to be? Your soul knows that. Your soul is designed to flourish in the deeper water. And think about the geese that fly south for the winter. Their creator put that in their breast to do that. He puts that in their DNA. They need to do that. They know they need to do that because they're going to find what they need. And the Creator that does that is too faithful to lead them astray. He's not going to lead them out there and put that within them. He's not going to induce them to fly south only to find something that they don't need or want. He does that to lead them to find exactly what they hope they would find, to find exactly what they need to find. And when God gives us a hunger, it's a reality. It's a precursor to the victory. It's a precursor to uh, the answered prayer. God puts that in our heart. God is inducing our heart. God is drawing us closer. And we get just a glimpse of what God wants to do in our life. And we want to follow that. God will lead you right to where you hoped He would. He will lead you right to the victory that your soul is longing for. In the back of your mind, the victory, you've wondered, can I ever have that victory? You sure can. Just leave it on the bank. Be willing to let the Lord control you and lead you. He'll do it tonight. Let's stand and sing 549.